This is CPX number 59, The Nature and Effects of Baptism. CPX stands for the Catechism of Pope St. Pius X. We are in baptism questions number 1 through 4. God give you his peace, and nomine patris et fili, spiritu santi. Amen. Heavenly King, Consoler Spirit, Spirit of Truth, who are present everywhere and filling all things, treasure of all good and source of all life, come dwell in us, cleanse us, and save us, you who are all good. Amen. In nomine Patris Efiri, Spiritu Santi. Amen. The Nature and Effects of Baptism. Question number one. What is the sacrament of baptism? Answer. Baptism is a sacrament by which we are born again to the grace of God and become Christians. Number two. What are the effects of the sacrament of baptism? Answer. The sacrament of baptism confers first sanctifying grace, by which original sin is washed away, as well as all actual sins if any such exists, it remits all punishment due on account of such sins. It imprints the character of a Christian. It makes us children of God, members of the church, and heirs to paradise, and enables us to receive the other sacraments. Question number three. What is the matter of baptism? Answer. The matter of baptism is natural water, which is poured on the head of the person to be baptized in such a quantity as to flow. Number four, what is the form of baptism? Answer, the form of baptism is, I baptize thee in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Thus are the words of the Holy Pope. Well, today, as you can see, I'm in a little bit different setting. I am actually on a boat, and you can find the helm right there. Because we have already looked at many of the answers in today's catechism lesson, I want to discuss the modern history of changing the baptism rite. As many of you know, exorcisms before baptism in the Roman rite of baptism were found from probably the very earliest days of the church all the way through the late 1960s. As many of you know, the old rite baptism today has exorcisms done on the baby right before baptism. Salt in the mouth as exorcism before water on the head. Now, as many of you also know, the Vatican II rite of baptism has no exorcisms on the baby before baptism. These exorcisms are also called the supplied rites. Now, of course, you can get your baby baptized in the old rite with preceding exorcisms in Latin, or you can get your baby baptized in the new Vatican II baptism in English, and both of these are valid. But how do I know it's still permitted to do the old rite baptisms? Weren't these abrogated? Abrogated means washed away by a new law. Samorum Pontificum that came to us in 2007 by Pope Benedict XVI not only permits normal priests like me who are ordained in normal, regular dioceses where you speak English or you know Spanish in South America or French in Africa, we are now permitted to do not only the old Mass but also the old sacraments. How do I know this? Samorum Pontificum Article 9, paragraph number 1 says, quote, the parish priest, after careful consideration, can also grant permission to use the older ritual in the administration of the sacraments of baptism, marriage, penance, and anointing of the sick, if advantageous for the good of souls, end quote. That was Samorum Pontificum. Now, the parish priest, that's just another word for pastor. A lot of times the Vatican uses the British definition, but in America, we call the head honcho in a parish the pastor. So this leads us to this question. Um, if both the new and the old sacraments are valid, is there an advantage to old over new, or perhaps new over old? 
Well, before we get there, there's actually another question I want to tackle first, and it's this. If baptism actually kicks out all the darkness and brings in all the light, why in the world would you need an exorcism over your baby before baptism? Again, if baptism kicks out all the darkness and brings in all the light, why would you need an exorcism before baptism? Well, here's my answer. If you have a dirty vase, you might want to scrub that vase before filling it with water. I think some parts of the country call it a vase. If you have a dirty vase, you might want to scrub that before filling it with water. In my analogy, of course, the scrubbing is this pre-baptism rites of exorcism. Why is this important? You know, the church fathers said that a baby before baptism is a, quote, tabernacle of Satan, and after baptism, that baby is a tabernacle of God. So, of course, before putting the Trinity literally in this baby, you might want to scrub it. That's what the exorcisms are in my analogy. An exorcist who is alive today recounts this story, and this isn't just some hokey story. This is probably still in the annals of the Vatican because the Vatican sent this investigation team 100 years ago. Here's what happened. This happened in Italy about 100 years ago. The Vatican did an investigation into a diocese in northern Italy that had a handful of possessed teenagers found to be in it. They probably sent an exorcist there to take care of that, but they were also wondering what happened. Why were there, uh, I don't know, one dozen, two dozen, I'm not sure the number, possessed kids there? Well, it turns out they all came from the same parish. And it turns out they were all baptized by the same pastor. Well, what in the world happened? It turns out that that pastor in northern Italy a hundred years ago chose, obviously having only the old right a hundred years ago that were supposed to have exorcisms, he chose to not do the prescribed exorcisms before the baptism on these kids who were now teenagers and fully possessed. In other words, only 0.00001% of Italian kids 100 years ago got baptized without the exorcisms preceding them, and 100% of them got possessed. Nowadays, of course, in the new rite, or I should say in these new days, probably only 0.0001% of Catholics in the world get baptized with the old rite exorcisms. Oh, yeah, but of course this has nothing to do with Catholic kids today wanting to mutilate themselves in irreversible surgeries these days. Of course, these aren't connected at all. In any case, this story should be reason enough to get all of your children baptized in the old rite. Now again, both new rite and old rite baptism are valid, but only one of these gets the dirt out of the vase before the water comes in. And by the way, the Eastern Rites have exorcism in their baptismal parts because these also, these rites also go all the way back to the Apostles, just like the Roman Rite goes back to what Christ gave Peter and Paul. Let's talk briefly about the validity of baptisms. Well, of course, the baptism is valid if it was done with water, and the person baptizing said, Stephen, I baptize you in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, in Latin, or English, or Spanish, or whatever language you, you speak. Of course, it doesn't have to be Stephen, but the name should be in the front of that. I just picked Stephen. Now, before Vatican II, most Protestant quote-unquote baptisms, which are sometimes valid, I don't mean to put that only in square quotes, but before Vatican II, most Protestant baptisms, as this Protestant approached the Catholic faith, the Catholic priests and bishops usually wanted a conditional baptism upon these people coming into the church. Nowadays, most priests and bishops will say, the only ones that are excluded 
that we have to do a conditional baptism or first baptism for is Mormons, Jehovah's Witnesses. But certainly, they say, Baptists have valid baptisms. Do Baptists have valid baptisms? Well, probably, but an old manual I found about 100 years ago, or rather I found it, and it was published 100 years ago, said that even Baptists needed a conditional baptism in the Catholic Church. Why? Because the form and the matter in a Baptist baptism are often separated. And as you just heard in the CPX today, the form is the words, I baptize you in the name of the Father and the Son of the Holy Ghost, and the matter is the water poured at the mention of the three persons of the Holy Trinity. But all in all, you shouldn't worry about it if you were baptized in the new rite in English or Spanish or Chinese or whatever language. It was a valid baptism. But let's say your baby has already been baptized in the new rite. Should you go back and ask a priest to do the exorcisms over that baby? Well, this is what the book says, the book being the rite, R-I-T-E, official words of the Catholic Church here, on the supplying of omitted ceremonies in the baptism of infants. Quote, if an infant has been baptized without all the sacred prayers and rites because of the danger of death or some other necessity, the omissions should be supplied after recovery or after the danger has ceased and the infant is brought to the church. So practically, what does this mean to have the supplied rites of baptism added retroactively to your baby's baptism? Very basic, you just ask a priest to come with the exercise salt and do the opening few pages. This takes all of five or ten minutes. I'll read you a couple of prayers here. This is my own little mini book. It's called the Collectio Rituo, Rituum. And obviously you're going to pray these in Latin, or rather the priest is going to pray the exorcisms in Latin. But there is a translation here, so I'm going to read you the translation of a couple of these exorcisms that the priest prays over the baby. I, when I baptize babies, this is what I pray in Latin before the baptism comes about. I exercise you, unclean spirit, in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Come forth, depart from this servant of God, Stephen, for he commands you, spirit accursed and damned, he who walked upon the sea and extended his right hand to Peter as he was sinking. Therefore, cursed devil, acknowledge your condemnation and pay homage to the true and living God. Pay homage to Jesus Christ, his Son, and to the Holy Spirit, and depart from this servant of God, Stephen, for Jesus Christ, our Lord and God, has called him to his holy grace and blessing and to the font of baptism. And then a little bit later, I exercise you every unclean spirit in the name of God the Father Almighty and in the name of his Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord and Judge, and in the strength of the Holy Spirit, that you may depart from this creature of God, Stephen, whom our Lord has called to his holy temple in order that he may become a temple of the living God, and that the Holy Spirit may dwell in him through Christ our Lord, who will come to judge living in the dead and the world by fire. Why in the world would anyone get rid of this? How powerful is that? Getting the dirt out of the vase before the water fills it. Now, most if not all good theologians in the Latin mass world today agree that these can be prayed over infants already baptized. That is, you can do the exorcisms over an infant after his or her new rite baptism, maybe even a year later, even though I think it's obviously better just to do it in the old rite in the first place. But how about adults? Can you retroactively add the supplied rites of exorcism if you're, say, 40 years old and baptized as a Catholic in the new rite 40 years ago? Or maybe the better question is, should you grab a priest to come do five minutes of exorcisms if you had a valid baptism 40 years ago? 
Well, some theologians in the Latin mass world say that the supplied rites should not be given to adults who are baptized in the new rite. Where do I weigh in on this? Well, let me just say I'm not impressed by the arguments of those who believe the supplied rites should be prohibited for adults, and I'm going to give you a few reasons from canon law on this. First of all, there's a phrase in canon law that reads, Lex dubia non obligat. Lex dubia non obligat. The English is very similar to the Latin there. A dubious law or a doubtful law does not oblige you, or a doubtful law does not oblige. In other words, if there is unsurety among respected theologians on a topic, you fall on the side of what is best for the salvation of souls. And considering the story I just read you from Italy, how important these exorcisms are, and again, I think this is probably found in the Vatican Annals, this isn't some horror story, I think it becomes clear it wouldn't hurt to help get all the help you can for your family. In fact, I'm even open to correction on this if the Vatican in the past or even recently has made a statement prohibiting the supplied rights over adults. But for now, we look to the last canon in the Code of Canon Law released under Pope John Paul II in 1983 that reads that the supreme law of the Church is the salvation of souls. That's Canon 1752, very last canon in the Code of Canon Law. Now, it seems today, you look around, and there's all these little junior canon lawyers running around. They're using casuistics, loopholes, and legalistic games to make life harder on everybody, especially on traditional Catholics. But listen to what St. Thomas Aquinas wrote about the topic of canon law. Quote, The aim of canon law tends to the peace of the Church and the salvation of souls. Peace of the church being P-E-A-C-E, of the church and the salvation of souls. That's why canon law exists, not to make people's lives harder. Robert de Matei wrote, quote, According to canon 14, moreover, the canonical norm, in order to be obligatory, must not be susceptible to any doubt of the law, dubbing juris, but be certain. When the certainty of the law is lacking, the axiom, lex dubia non obligat, a doubtful law does not oblige, comes into force. When we are faced with a doubt, the glory of God and the salvation of souls prevails over the concrete consequences which the act bears on a personal level. The new Code of Canon Law reminds in its last canon, in fact, that in the Church there must always be suprema lex, that is, salus animarum. This was already taught by St. Thomas Aquinas, and then he gives the quote I just gave you. So again, a doubtful law is not binding, meaning we can take the loose view on canon law when this pertains to the salvation of souls, but we always take the tight view on liturgy for questions that are not sure because we don't tamper with the things of God on the altar. So, in summary, all this is to say, get your children baptized in the old rite. If you got them baptized in the new rite, don't worry about it, Unless, again, the Trinitarian formula was not used, of course, or they were baptized in a Protestant community or some other sect that may have separated matter from form, water from the words. But even if you got your infants baptized in the new rite, you can get those little exorcisms after the fact, as I read you directly from the church's rite, the official words of the church a few minutes ago, it is permitted to get those exorcisms over your kids. All you have to do is find a priest with some salt, who's willing to give you five minutes of prayer as you open this little book for him. As for supplied rights to adults, I see no reason why not. But again, I'm open to correction if there was a definitive statement against this from the Vatican in days of yore or even recently. 
Otherwise, we err on the side of the salvation of souls. Again, any priest, even priests who almost know no Latin, can do this for you with this book. But just be aware, if you bring this up to a priest who's going to argue with you over the supplied rights, he's probably not your guy. Anyway, easy solution in the future, get all your future kids and all your future grandkids baptized in the old rite. A dirty vase needs to be cleaned before the water goes into it. Please say an Our Father for me, that benedictio Dei omnipotentis, Patris et Fidi et Spiritus Sancti descende super vos et maniat semper. Amen.